The Anchism Podcast, brought to you by our proud sponsor, Kixinto. As Canada's premium reseller of authentic sneakers, Kixinto offers free shipping in Canada and the USA. With a wide selection of the most exclusive Jordans, Yeezys, and other premium products, you can trust Kixinto for all your sneaker needs. Don't miss out on the latest drops and limited releases. Visit their website at www.kixinto.ca to shop now and step up your sneaker game. Today on the podcast, we have an ex-professional cricketer, David Painter, the great-grandson of the England Ashes legend, Eddie Painter. And to have him on Anshism and talk about his sports brand that is making quite the buzz in the cricketing world. And as a cricket fan myself and as an amateur cricketer myself, I, I would love to have a product that can you know serve the purpose and be nominal to buy so welcome to the podcast dave it's you know it's it's really an honor to have you on the podcast and hear your experiences and perspectives behind the story of painter mm-hmm. how are you doing today i'm good i'm i'm good thanks for having me on um yeah excited to excited to get stuck in and chat all things painter and and cricket so tell me about the stories that you know about your granddad because I know that is a big inspiration behind what you do. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't deny I think when it's in your family. Um so he was my great grandfather and I, I never unfortunately I never got chance to meet him. So he died a few years before I was born. But my dad obviously spent a lot of time with him. Uh, as he got older and and stopped playing cricket so he's told me a lot of stories about my great grandfather and i think his record speaks for itself you know anybody who's played for the country and in particular the bodyline series which is famous for over in australia um you know with the likes of jardine and um Wally Hammond, you know and playing against bradman you know it's absolutely surreal really to have you know somebody in your family who's done that um in the sport that we all love you know so i think it was in the blood really from a young age when i was young is was cricket and you know i loved it i always played um you know and i always asked questions about my great granddad and i mean he was totally different to me he was a small five and a half foot left-handed gritsy bat batter and i'm six foot two a right-handed quite a flamboyant batter um so you know we're slightly different in that respect but um yeah super proud to to have him in the family true true and you know in india i've born and brought up in india i have also read about the body line these because that was so iconic it was in the history books and uh, so i am aware about that and you know it really shaped the history of the ashes and uh, i can understand how it would inspire you so as a cricketer yourself as an ex professional cricketer yourself what's the highest level you have played yes so i i played my journey of cricket like i said started when i was knee high you know i was obsessed with the game you know whatever weather i was out there playing with my friends whether it was snowing or raining or sunny or whatever so i was always going to be a cricketer when when the teachers asked me a question what you want to do when you grow up 
like, well, I'm going to be a cricketer, so I know what I'm going to do. Um, and I was lucky enough to actually play professional. I didn't play that many games, but I played first class and I have got a first class 100, which nobody can take away. Um, that's done and I, I, I can I can die a happy man. So, <laughs> but I've, I've played against some great names, you know, Jimmy Anderson, um, Graham Swan played with, Monty Panesar, you know, Mike Hussey from Australia. Um, played against um, Raul Dravid. Um, he, he, he actually got 100. I bowled, I bowled against Raul Dravid when he played. I think he played for Scotland as an overseas. And we played against them when I played at Northampton. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm quite proud that I actually made it as a first-class cricketer and a professional. Did, did something that I loved and got paid for it, which is a dream, really, it for a, dream. a lot of people. Um, and I got to travel the world, you know, and, and, and that is a massive thing for me. Being able to go to to lights of India, New Zealand, Australia, um, you know, I've made lifelong friends to this day, you know, and that's all through cricket. I agree with you. You know, I was speaking to my mum and dad the other day. So being born and brought up in New Delhi in a private school, the only reason I knew about what ex existed outside my bubble was because of me going to the cricket club. Mm. Me understanding that people do not have money to eat food but they're coming to play cricket. And I would have never known that if I remained in the only played school cricket. And school cricket is big in, in Delhi, Mumbai, in India. So I'm very glad that I went there and I realized okay, this is another reality of life as well. So, cricket makes you so humble. Mm -hmm. Like, one day you can score 100 and the next day you're like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 absolutely right. Um, there's a story where, it's quite a good story because of who it was, but not good from my part because I played against Jimmy Anderson when we were both in the second team. He was at Lancashire. Um, and I was at uh, Northampton and he was quick back then he was a lot quicker than he is now and um, he had the Moican haircut if you remember uh, with the blonde highlights yeah. but he sprayed it around a lot he yeah. just didn't have the accuracy he's got now Yeah. Uh, I opened the batting with Adrian Rollins who was good at playing quick bowling and Jimmy was the quickest he's ever seen and I think I lasted Three balls in the first innings, so I got a duck in the first innings, balled by Jimmy, and then they batted and then we followed on. Um, so then I, we came back in, so I opened up again, and then he got me second ball for another duck, <laughs> caught behind. So I got duck-duck in one day, both by Jimmy Anderson. But that's quite, um, you know, I'll, I'll settle for that, seeing as though he's the best bowler we've ever had, ever, ever, ever. 600 so. Plus wickets in test, not a joke. <laughs> and it, and his action and how fit he stays and he just keeps going. He's just like a Duracell battery. He just keeps running in, puts it on a spot. I mean, I look I look when I watch him ball and think I would not want to face Jimmy Anderson because he balls the in swinger as well. So he balls away, away, away. Sets you up, balls the in swinger. The reverse swing. Yeah, reverse. I mean, he's just such a clever bowler and he's still. 
it's still quite quick you know he's he's in the 80s you know he's mid 80s which is decent you know that's that's quick when you're facing it and uh, yes I, i can tell you i've not faced anyone that quick but i have faced that in the bowling machine and i don't want to face that no ways no absolutely ways. no yeah. ways yeah and the fact that you are intentionally you know where the bowling machine is going to bowl so you can just keep the bat you exactly. cannot do that with jimmy and jimmy anderson is bowling even the great sachin tendulkar struggled against him yeah. so that tells you something about it. right back back to back to painter now mm. so let's start with your inspiration to start a shoe brand or a cricketing brand i must say and now it's expanding mm. into wider sports yeah so tell me about your inspiration david how how was you how were you like what stage were you in life like you know you yeah. have played professional cricket lived your dream yeah and um, now a shoe starting you know it's it's a big sporting company so it's it's quite an interesting story i'll i'll try not to take too long to explain but yeah like like you said I, i played professional cricket until i was about 24 25 years old so i was fairly young when when i stopped playing professionally and partly injury partly the fact that i'd fallen out of love with the game a little bit because i was playing you know 11 months of the year all all around the world and as have done for a lot of years and and i had a really bad bad lower back so I didn't get a, a contract renewed and it was kind of like right okay they're the signs that I need to stop playing professionally. Um I carried on playing on a weekend, um earned a little bit of money from that, but then I just went on to work for um my dad's company who, who at the time had a flooring business. So I was just just a normal job basically and playing a little bit of cricket on weekends. So that worked pretty well for about 7 years. So this is taking me up to like late 20s 30s um where I kind of said to my um now wife I said you know this is this is not really for me what I'm doing now you know I really want to do something different with my life you know I was just going through the motions so to speak um so I'm going to I'm going to come out of the business and I'm you know I'm going to figure out what I want to do So I did do that and we had two young kids so at the time I was looking after the kids she was working in as a nurse um and I was just doing bits and bats just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life I guess and one night I had this this light bulb moment if you want where I'd been playing cricket for all my life so I knew the sport inside out so I knew what was needed in that sport I had the knowledge and in particular I had passion about footwear I've always been a bit of a footwear geek um and I'd analyze what players are wearing at the top level and at the league levels and and there, there was a bit of a trend where they weren't buying at the time they weren't buying the brands that were on the shelf for whatever reason they weren't buying them and that gave me that idea I thought there's a gap in the market there you know that gap in the market and that's where I said right I'm going to I'm going to create my own cricket brand, shoe brand, you know, as you do. And um not knowing anything about really business um at the time or manufacturing or finance or design or anything like that. I had to learn the hard way and and Google was a good friend of mine at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um so my, you know my wife was really supportive and still is to today. You know, she would she's my 
biggest supporter and I think if, if it weren't for her I'd have probably would have given up and not not carried on because it's really tough starting any business or brand very tough and when you've got a lot of close people friends saying you know what you're doing you, you go get a normal job you can't make this work you can't compete against Adidas or Nike or Asics you know and I just had this tunnel vision where I was like yeah but I, I just want to try I've got this vision I want to make it try it I want to get it to a sample point and I want to try and bring it to market and then let's see what happens you know because if you don't try you never know and I was very much tunnel vision nobody was going to stop me doing that um, so I did that and you know found a factory over in China and that took a long time and then there was you know communication problems and sample issues they don't understand cricket you know, there's so much that goes into getting those first sample sets. It's unbelievable and very stressful. So, you know, we had a few life savings and they were quickly dwindling away. So the pressure was on, um, you know, I got on a plane and flew to China because they just weren't understanding what the concept, what I was trying to achieve. Um, so that was a really good decision. That was the best thousand pound I ever spent. Um, and we still deal with that factory today, which is which is quite a nice story as well. Um, so I guess then the idea and the concept of what I was creating started to gain a bit of momentum. Um, and, you know, I got a website and then I got a designer to work with me. And then the name came around and, and, we, and they kind of said, the designer said to me, why, why don't you use your surname as the brand name? And I was like, whoa. You know, this is my surname. You know, you, not many people kind of like your own surname. But when he kind of explained and said, look, you've got so much going on with um, your great grandfather and the heritage in the family, you, you can really play on that when you're building a brand um, to say, you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about. You're not just a random guy who's played a little bit of cricket and said, right, I'm going to start a shoe brand. You've got massive history dating back to the 1930s you've got a famous great-grandfather who you know won the ashes with a six um, played for England yourself meaning me has played first-class cricket you know knows what he's talking about so it's a great story you've got straight away which a lot of brands don't have you know you've got to create your own story and we already had one so I was learning there that I thought ah actually that does make sense you know and then I and then I realised all the people in the game that I knew, like Graham Swan and Michael Vaughan and, you know, big names that could actually help me launch this thing, you know, just to try and get it out there, you know. So that was, you know, and I'm missing a lot out in the middle, but eventually we got the samples right and we managed to order some stock and it went into my dad's garage in 2017 and, and that's when we pushed the button and, and just started online we just had a Shopify website and we just sold you know we were there with my dad and my sister and girlfriend and yeah it was exciting I think we sold like 40 pairs of shoes that first day it was brilliant <laughs> so but that's what it's all about you know and 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 then it's it's nice to see how it's growing over the over the years into what it is now but it just shows like I'm I'm not an academic guy you know I didn't really like school I was all about more social and sport but you know I was determined and I was passionate about 
this idea and I wasn't going to let anybody get in the way of that. And it is tough, don't get me wrong, and, and a lot of people would quit. And that's where you've just got to keep battling through because when your back's against the wall, you don't have any other option. You know, at that point when I was unemployed and looking after two kids, I had to make this work. So that, that I think you, you always surprise yourself at what you're capable of doing in those situations. Dave, tell me about, you know, all that cricketing journey and all that history into developing the shoe, your personal experience, struggles, one side. How important is it to highlight the fact that having a good life partner or having a good woman by your side can make a massive difference? Oh, huge. Huge. I mean, it's... Sometimes guys don't talk that well to other guys. So I think as your partner, you know, that's the one person there that, you know, providing that you're living with that person, you know, that you need to be able to speak to. And I think you underestimate, oh, I've certainly underestimated my wife in terms of what she actually does know about business and what I do. You know, she does nursing stuff. She saves lives way more important than what I do. But she gets it, you know, and and then I think, well, I can talk to, you know, my wife about it. And she is probably the best person that I talk to. And she understands what I'm going through more than anybody because she's been on this journey with me right from the start. And she's been there when I've had breakdowns and things have gone wrong and stock's gone wrong. And it's just like, oh, this is just not going to work. We need to stop. And it's just having that somebody else because I never really had co-founder as such at the start my dad was really influential and very important probably like a year into the the idea but up to that year it was just me and, and my wife basically she was the one pushing and we had very little life savings and she was the one saying well you know as long as you're spending it wisely then I'm backing you because I believe in what you're what your vision is and, and the idea that you've got. So if she hadn't have done that and she'd have said, you're not spending these, just just go and look for a job, then, you know, I'd have been forced with, in a tough situation there. But she never she never put me in that situation, which was good. And I think uh, credit to your wife as well. And uh, I think a strong life partner, a strong woman who actually, any one person that believes in you can sort of make a massive difference and you were talking about you know friends asking how are you going to compete with adidas puma nike or anything but from what i understand david you never wanted to compete with them you wanted to start your own thing exactly right there you've hit the nail on the head because how do you compete with somebody who does five billion ten billion <laughs> you can't you know so that, that, that's where the small-minded people don't understand what I was trying to do. I was trying to create my own piece of the pie. And then you just chip away. You know, you, you, you do something that they're not doing. You know, you're slightly different. You have your own USPs. And, you know, in cricket, I wasn't going in, I wasn't being unrealistic and going, I'm going to go into soccer or football and, and go, I'm going to compete against Nike. And they're millions of R&D budget because I'd just be stupid to do that. I was going into something that I knew a lot about. I had a lot of contacts in. I knew that the market was being forgotten about by certain brands because... Especially in, my, in England. Especially yeah, in England. 
Because in my opinion, it was more of a presence thing. Let's have the three stripes there rather than actually focus on the actual athlete and the performance of the product. Whereas I could do that because, because for me, that's a, that's a that's huge. Whereas for them, it's tiny. So you're not comparing apples to apples, really. Um, so I was happy with what what I was doing. I, I knew where I wanted to go. And like I said at the start, if you know, if you don't try, you'll never know. And then you know, fast forward to now, things have grown outwards because of what I did in cricket, and that's the way that growth happens. So having those right people around you is essential. It's key mm. because you know when you start your own thing and you ha- when you have a vision for yourself, people only understand when it works and you know it does something good for you yeah. or you make something out of it. Otherwise, they'll call you a fool that you you know he quit professional cricket. Such a fool. He you know quit his dad's business. Such a fool. He had no job and. trying to compete with nike that's you know he's such a fool but mm. i think you have to be foolish and take those decisions because the system's designed to kill us anyways you know exactly things are so and, and yeah. these these were risks but they were calculated risks there's a difference you know people underestimate me and i've always been a little bit of a a lads lad and you know never the you know like i said never super bright at school or anything like that so i think they underestimate what I was capable of so but i quite like that i like being the dark horse in in that respect and and proving people wrong and this was prime example where I could have gone to so many Either people this, when this was a success and say look i told you so but that's not who i am it's just you just kind of go about your business and you know and your business go. talks about it you don't exactly. have to do the talking exactly so how so how would you you know to the audience to the cricket fans in the audience and we have got a big listener group big listener audience in india so or in in england as well mm. so to the ones who follow cricket what would you say how similar is this process of starting a business you know mentally like scoring a 100 how much of a grind that you need to put and it's a so it's a so david is it right to say that it's a wet damp wicket say in a ground in burnley and cloudy <laughs> weather and uh, you have to open the innings and jimmy anderson is bowling and then you have to score a 100 to save the game i'd, I'd say more about it's more like batting on a cobbled yard <laughs> to start a business and, and make a successful brand um rather than a damp wet wicket in Bolton but um uh, Burnley it's is is tough it's tough but yeah but i mean getting 100 is tough you know getting 100 is tough it's slightly different but you, it's mentally i think it's 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 up there because that's that's the only thing that stops you doing both really anybody can do anything in my opinion yes you've got to work at it and some people are naturally gifted talent wise more than others but i've played with a lot of cricketers who were not that talented but just super hard workers and they've become first class cricketers and got first class hundreds and i know business people that have just persisted and stuck to it and made a success in business so the the, the similar traits um 
And I guess that primed me for the business world. I was unknown at that point, as I was, you know, getting all these hundreds everywhere every year. Um, but yeah, I got quite good at getting hundreds after after a while. Um, but that's again, you know, you, you, my dad always said your first hundred is the hardest, and is absolutely true, because once you've done it once, you know how to do it again, and you you imply those same thought processes um, to your next time you do it. And when you're in the nineties, you're not as nervous. And instead of trying to smash that six and being that glory boy and do it in one hit, you just noodle it around. And what it says in that scorebook is important because I said to a friend the other day, I said, even if it says 96 in the scorebook or it says 101, people notice that 101, that three figures is so important and it means so much. And in your nineties, you're so close to it. Just be selfish. Be selfish, get to your 100, and then you're done. Especially in club cricket, where yeah. situations are not as tense while scaring. So, you know, we talked about life, philosophy, having the right partner, but business involves money. So how was it, you know, securing an investment and doing all those things? And as you said, you had contacts with big names in cricket, in English cricket, in world cricket. So how was, how did that help? And would, would there be specific people that you would like to credit? Yeah. So that was, a that was, I mean, it's still a journey now. Cash flow is king in a business and it's tough and we still find it. So it, it doesn't really get easier, but because the bigger you get, the more cash flow it takes as well. And then, and then if you have got growth, you know, that that's quite um, stressing on that part of the business. But back when I started, you know, I had nothing to lose. I'd kind of, I didn't have the money to invest in the first stock, but when my dad came on board, I had to get the prototypes to a stage where they were quite attractive and the business idea and the business plan made sense to a few of his friends who he said might be interested in just investing a little bit of money as a loan um, for some equity in the business. Now, I didn't, I didn't have any option back then. In hindsight, you can look back and say, wow, they got a great deal now. But you can't think like that because without them, there would be no paint to brand, if that makes sense. So you have to do what you need to do at each stage. And each stage is very different in the life of the brand. Um, so, you know, I worked my balls off to get to the point where I had, I had an attractive product and a range from my factory and all costs and, and a website and this and that. And it was all like singing and dancing. It's like, right, guys, we need some money to buy our first container of stock. And that was the investment that I needed because without stock, you ain't got a business. Um, so you need you need that stock to, to, to launch. So I was lucky enough to get, to find a few friends of friends, um, or more friends of my dad, really. I didn't want close friends and family, really, at that point. Um, but needs must, you know, you have to do what you have to do to, to make this thing work. And, you know, I've done so much over the last year and a half to make it happen. I wasn't going to fall at this hurdle. You know, I really wanted to to make a go of it and, and get this stock and launch just to see what happened. And if it failed, it failed. And, and it, you know, I dealt with the consequences, but I just needed to see. So I guess then it just it just 
it just snowballs from there. Obviously, then you know we got a really good response when we launched. We we set off on a D to C route, which is direct to consumer, so website focused to to the end consumer. But within a couple of weeks of launching, the demand and and the momentum gained so much. We had retailers from all the UK, a few from Australia, overseas people saying like, we want to stock the brand. You know, it's great. It's all new. It's it's funky. It's great. The, you know, branding. It's it's so nice what you've done. Um, so that we had to change our strategy quite quickly, and say, okay, you know, we've sold forty pairs today, or we might sell another whatever this week. But there's potentially hundreds and hundreds of pairs from these retailers that want to buy. So we had to make that decision, and we never got rid of the website. We've still got that today, and it's still our channel. But we also deal. Um, with retail stores and distributors as well now so things change in business and and that's you've just got to to move with those changes so as as the demand and the momentum got more then obviously you know you can go to different investors um you know and, and ask for a different valuation if, if that's what you want in terms of uh relinquishing shares um there's there's obviously different ways people some people some founders don't want to give up any shares and they just want They'll beg, borrow, steal, get loans, banks, you know, they might have money themselves, which is fine, but everybody's in different situations. And and I was unfortunate, I didn't have any money myself. So, you know, I had had to to rely on the investors. Yeah. So you do have to give up, you know, some of your business, but, you know, it's that cliche of having a smaller piece of a bigger pie. Um, And I've always used that and still use that today. And if it's the right thing to do, to grow the brand because that's all I'm, I'm bothered about is the is the success of the brand and making a difference and creating something special creating a legacy for 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 my family and it's and it's great that it's the brand name and it's my surname and it's my kid's name my wife's name so that's something that'll never disappear true, um, true. is there you know you talked about having those retailers and having those shift of plans as the business changes and even in life you have to just go with the flow see what life has to offer and you know just evaluate the pros and cons and just take a decision i think too much using of the brain also sometimes makes us more confused in order to you know what do we do next and you know it seems very easy from the outside you know you developed a prototype it's it's very easy to say but each stage has its own challenges and each stage felt like okay it's time to quit now it's i'm done i'm done every time i, I yeah. can't push any further and somewhere from somewhere how important was it to just get that push or that motivation okay okay mm. we are getting somewhere and how important is it to just evaluate back on your journey you you, you as a founder and a, and a and a you know your gut your gut is so strong and i've i've gone with my gut instinct so many times and never overlooked that i think because nine times out of 10 it's 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 right you know something's going on whether it's a good decision or a bad decision but as the boss and as the founder that's kind of what i do i just make decisions and you know yes the big decisions and sometimes you know you do get them wrong but the majority are right and you know i know better than anybody the vision and the direction and this i want this brand to go and 
you know, you meet along the way different people and different partners and some get it and some don't. Um, and that's tough to deal with as a, as a founder. And especially when it's your own name, your family name, you take it, you know, it's, it's a bit more personal. Um, it's like I created this brand. What yeah. are you on about? Yeah, exactly. And, and then, but the, but I've, I've, I've dealt with a lot of people who are a lot better at business than me and a lot better at different areas than me. So then you're like, you're torn between giving them the reins in what they're good at, but then they might do something different to how you do it. But then you've got to sit back and think, well, is that the better decision or is my version the better decision? And you have got to be professional about that because you don't know everything. And there's a lot better people at certain areas than you are. And I'm fairly good at identifying that in 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 this business i know what i'm good at and i know what i'm not good at so that's part of being a good boss i think and, and just a good be friend. honest to yourself yeah absolutely so tell me this how important was it to attract big names now i know that painter as a brand has got big names on the roster as sponsors, you know, you being sponsors. So how was that? Was that sort of a challenge? And how important was that for you to, you know, just get the right people who, you know, present the brand as, for example, I saw Rashid Khan, Mm. you know, the Afghanistan superstar and one of the great T20 bowlers. Yeah. So, who are the biggest players on your rosters and how do, do you find to attract them? Because people care about their image right now and they have sort of a responsibility towards the youth. It's 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 really tough with, with the the ambassadors and we find a struggle today, even today, you know, it's the money in the game's getting more and more. So when you when you address when you get to these guys, a lot of them want to come on board. And then it's like, oh, I want this and I want this and I want this. And sometimes as a smaller brand, you can't actually do that, you know, so that you have to think of different ways to get that player involved. Um, you know, so you have to think outside the box slightly. Um, so we still we still do that day in, day out. You know, we still get opportunities coming to us and you've just got to pick the right ones. Um, Rashid is a super nice guy. Absolutely, you know, buzzing that he's on board with us and he's such a you know awesome player he's an amazing player superstar oh unbelievable every every tournament he goes to he just gets better and better and better it's it's just unbelievable and he's and he's his team's a good team his agent i'm really good friends with his agent down in london and you know he's he's great so it's a blessing having him on on board and and we're constantly looking you know we've got um brand new range coming out for 2024 which is totally different to what we've ever done before it's 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 the next step up in footwear design and I've, I've managed to tap into some friends on in the US that I have different partners on so we're learning all the time as well so I'm anticipating to get a lot more bigger names on board when we get these shoes because I really feel like the the dynamics and the performance um, that these shoes are going to give to these guys, they're going to want to use them, you know, and that's what that's what I want them to say. I want to say, well, I don't want to use my Adidas anymore. I want to try these painted shoes. Um, and that's how good these things are going to be, and I'm super confident with that. So, um, but yeah, we, we, we look to each ambassador, and, we, and, and I'll tell you also as well, we, we, 
we really focus on the women's game as well. We never forget the women's game. We've got quite a lot of women ambassadors around the world. Um, we just got a, one the other day from New Zealand, one of the New Zealand girls who plays for the national team. And we, we do like to focus on the women's game as well. You know, I think women's sport is super important in, in all sports, but I think cricket's growing, which is great to see. Um, so, and the juniors as well. We've got a fantastic junior ambassador program, what we call it. I did see that. I was coming yeah. that. That's so that, amazing. Yeah, that was my idea back in the day. And I just wanted to, I wanted to make the kids, I think it's 17 and under or 16 and under, I wanted to make them feel special. They don't have to be a world beater or a professional or with an academy. It's just making that child feel special that he gets um, a brand like us coming to him and they don't get free stuff. Obviously, we can't afford- 25% off. Yeah, so they get a discount, they get a free goodie bag and they get some little bits and bats in that goodie bag. And, you know, we, we involve them in social media and we tag them and we make them feel part of the painter family. And I think that's really good. You know, we've got hundreds of kids on that program. Um, and and in a way, from a brand's point of view, they're kind of the best ambassadors for us because they're just out there. They're sitting with their friends and their friends are going, oh, what's that? And, and then that's the word of mouth taking effect. And then they're on social media. And, you know, that's, that's, that's so nice for me to see. I love seeing when the kids uh, are repping the brand. And that's that's probably my best best feeling when I see you know I, I like seeing Rash. Don't get me wrong, I like seeing Rash in the IPL and all this, but it is nice to see the kids um, doing well as well. How about signing Big Virat? Wow, <laughs> I'd have to have some deep pockets for that. <laughs> he's so he's so entrenched in Puma though. No, but you know it expires in 2025. We never know what paint is. You never know. So what's what's the long-term vision? Is it an intersection of fashion, research and development? And, you know, you know that footwear plays an important role in a mm. cricketer's or a sportsman's journey. You must have seen that movie Air. Yeah. You yeah. You, you have to. You, have, have, you know, it's, it's iconic. I've, I've, so read his book. I've read his book as well. So Phil Knight, who's the founder of Nike, I read his books called Shoe Dog. It's, and I'm not a big reader. And that, I read that book and it's amazing. Very similar journeys. He went to Japan. I went to China. You know, the fails and just seeing, you know, the hurdles that he had to experience, even with a brand that's now Nike, is um, it's quite nice to, for me to read that he went through those problems and issues as well. Well... Uh, you know, as people say, it's very easy to, you know, sort of compare from the outside and see, oh yeah, you know, yeah, you know, Big Dave got lucky, you know, you know, his great grandfather, his father, you know, he's got so much backing. It's so, what, what do you have to say to those people? Do you know what I do say to those people? It's like, okay, you start a brand, you do, you do what I've done, and when you've done it. I'll, I'll acknowledge how easy it is. You tell me how easy it is. Because z no, none of them do it. They wouldn't even know where to start. How do, where, where would they start? Because I didn't have any guidance. I just had to figure it out. And like I said, Google. 
you know don't underestimate google you can search for anything and, and ways to do things and that's a bit of advice i'd give to to some people starting off but you know ask and but yeah i, I always say to that I, I mean i don't get it much these days i did get it to start with and you know they just don't see what goes beyond on behind the scenes and what it takes especially with social media and instagram it's like you just see the end product and all the glory and how well it's gone but not the years building up to that product and the fails and the falling apart and getting it wrong and you know all that stuff you know you don't see that covid you know oh it's god like, don't bring that oh god yeah, you know it's you, you've got to battle through that and um yeah, but but people don't really, and I, some people do, but they don't really post all the bad parts about it. Maybe they should. I don't know. I, I think people are scared to like, well, you don't want to post bad things about your brand and the struggles, but then it's true. You know, that's the truth. That's what it takes to succeed. So it's, it's a massive part of the journey. And uh, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs or individuals just looking to make a positive impact in the world of sports or just to mm. you know who are reluctant to make that first step what would your advice be well i mean you, you you've you've got to you've got to try like i said I, i'm a big believer in trying and it is that simple like when you break that that quote down you will never know and I think I'd hate to be that person where I'm always thinking, oh, what if I did do that? Or what if I did launch that? And I'll never know if it would have been a success. And I'm still working my nine to five job like I'm doing 20 years later. Like, don't be that person, you know, just try. And yes, it might fail. But for me, if it fails, at least you can, that should be a, a piece and say, right, okay, well, I've tried now. So I either do it again and try something else or I'll go back to my job. But at least you've tried. And what I would say is like, to, to make a success of something, you have got to have pure passion for it because the amount of times that I could have given up was far too many to count. And it just got me through, you know, the, the desire and the passion and the, the dedication that I had to make this a success. And the vision, I had the vision, I've always had the vision. I'm pretty good at, where I see this brand and where it needs to go in, in in all aspects of the sports. So as the founder, you need to have that vision um, and you need to try and be tunnel vision to it and, and, and try and hit that because that's the only way you're going to get there. But you have got to put in the effort and the work, definitely. Because you're right, in the world and the day and age we are, in the social media world, everyone wants things to happen quickly. They want instant results and instant gratification and instant validation. But at the end of the day, you know, the biggest validation comes when you see the man in the mirror yourself and you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, I need to go for a run because I won't find time to do anything any other time in the day. So I need to get that out of the way. I need to I need to do what I need to do to become what I need to become. And some people, you know, David, I feel have a lack of vision. When I did this podcast, and I'm not saying that I have hit the ball out of the ground. I'm just taking quick singles, 
sometimes yeah. risky singles but i have to take them in order to complete my innings or yeah get to where i want to be i can't be a joe rogan on day one mm. i don't want to be yeah. joe rogan exactly i did it because i want to do it and i know everyone can you know get a mic and do what they need to do but not everyone can be me mm. so you know you got to have that vision and, uh, and enjoy it as well you know there's got there's got to be an enjoyment there you know life's short and you know really short as you get older you understand that and you've got to enjoy what you're doing day in day out cuz each day is precious you know you just you don't know what's around the corner um and like you said just take the singles just like you in the 90s you know but i i guarantee you speak any entrepreneur you know not just footwear any of these guys none of them have had a smooth journey it's been absolute hell i guarantee if you drill down and got any of you know successful entrepreneur on this podcast there'd be so much that the public wouldn't see or understand that went on to for them to get to that point and that's where you know it just nothing comes easy nothing i just i don't care what you say you know unless you win the lottery but it's like <laughs> you know it's a good to say that but i i'm like well, i don't really want to win the lottery it's just a bit because like, you never realize the value of it no it's just like what's i mean yeah it's great but i don't know i want to i want to earn something and i want to build something myself which is much more rewarding 10 years down the line they say uh painter is worth a billion pounds <laughs> kids would never understand the dad struggle because no. they got an ipad at the age of 4 they got to watch their peppa pig and you know that that's the world it is but mm-hmm. someone who has started from just nothing mm. you your wife your dad supporting them supporting you and believing in you yeah they say that you know easy times make weak people weak men yeah. and difficult times make you know successful hard men who can take a lot upon themselves so i think cricket in general in life when you get out on that zero it's the shittest feeling Mm. makes you feel like you know and and then you are coming back on training on tuesday wednesdays getting in the things right and then you fail again and again so cricket builds that character for a lot of us absolutely and i i, I always think that I sound really old when i when i kind of say you know what i did and how i did things when i was young and the, what i had to do to to get to where i am now like to my kids And I guess it's not their fault that they're born now but I do feel like I I don't want to I don't want to give them anything on a plate. I just think that's wrong. I really do. I I, th- I think he he created a beast. Um so I hope that they understand and I I don't know if they can because they've never been through what I've been through and and I, I you know, I'll encourage them if they want to go off and and start their own thing or start their own business then I'll be, you know, Fully happy. Yeah, fully supportive. And and you know, I had a lot of good mentors along the way and all you can do is pick their brains and not make the mistakes that they made. And that's that's really valuable because some of these mistakes are huge or can be if it's a success. Um so yeah, and you've just got to soak up soak up all the information you can, but but then you look back to my great grandfather's era, you know, and he he went and played for England and you know, went through World War 2. and then started working in the mill 
you know yeah so it's like so then again it's a step back it's like god these guys are international cricketers and they're just going to work alongside normal people in a mill because that's what happened in those days you know and different generations you know we're moving on again whereas I feel like you know this generation now they do have it fairly easy um, compared to my generation but then I probably got it easy compared to my granddad's generation you know so it's all relative really so final just one last final question in in a year's time you have a 500 million pound offer from a big cricket brand to take over you know painter would you give it up be honest in in, in what how long when did you say 5 years yes yeah, in 5 years in 5 years that had met me 47 ooh Well, if you if you're going to give me that amount then I'll, I'd have to consider it. <laughs> how about how about just selling a bit of a share for it? Yeah. It, Still yeah. be involved. I think that yeah, that that make more sense to not fully be detached from it. Um because it's growing and it's growing into different sports which is nice for me to see. um which is all really thanks to cricket because it's all like i said at the start everything stemmed from the idea in cricket and that's for somebody who can't understand how you can grow it's like we can only grow in cricket you be cat because what I've produced in cricket attracted somebody in golf and it's attracted somebody in another sport and it might attract somebody in another sport and then all of a sudden you've got five or six sports and then you know your revenues you know gone up multiple diversified Yeah yeah and but it all stemmed from this core in what I was trying to create in cricket which was a performance footwear brand and do something different to the big boys that were just sat there sat on the laurels not really bothered and not really pushing it and and focusing on it so yeah it's I mean never say never in terms of that you know I'm I'm just I'm just kind of going day by day week by week and enjoying what I'm trying to enjoy what I'm doing there's still struggles believe me but yeah i mean if that time comes when somebody wants to make an offer then yeah i'll i'll listen to it and see what they've got to say right thank you thank you david's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and you know my the essence of anshism and my podcast is very simple is to just learn from human conversations and and just learn the fact that no matter if it's the ceo of nike or if it's the ceo of painter or is it any guy who's a caretaker or cleans the floor or sweeps the floor no matter what the societal hierarchy is everyone's got a story to tell yeah and how they tell a story is the real vision of what i do so when i hear and when i have people like you who do not stick too much to the business side it really helps what i'm trying to tell yeah someone who wants to start a business now would not you know he, he doesn't want to know the financials he doesn't want to know the difficult but he wants to know that you know there was a guy like me not to go to school loved sport loved socializing was the dark horse I I can do it as well. I think I can do something of it as well. Is that a conscious thought that I want to be that person? 
to be looked on up to that 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 you've hit the nail on the head there you know it you you that you've hit me on the head that's it that's who i am and i didn't get too caught up with like you say i hate financials i don't like spreadsheets you know i'm not good at certain stuff but you you've if i can inspire i, I want to inspire those type of people like me because you know not everybody's great at school and not everybody's goes and to university and gets degrees but it doesn't mean you're a you're a loser or you're not good at something you've just got to find what you're good at and i was lucky enough to find that and i give it my all you know and you learn you know so i'm i'm t- i'm i'm so far um different a different businessman now than i was in 2017 i'm i'm so much more advanced because i've had to learn and the people that i've done business with and you just learn across those look 5 6 7 years so you're working on yourself which is you know the biggest investment you can make to be honest is yourself um and that's what i've tried to do you know yes i'm still not you know steve jobs or whatever but you know I, like you say i've got i've got the vision and that's the key you know and i'm just going to keep pushing 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 but hopefully i can inspire some some other guys to do the same and take that jump and and you know make a make a business or a brand themselves so you know you know i'm really inspired by what you said okay so last thing and you can keep it short if you want in 10 years time does does that thought occur to you you know i can be in the big leagues that no one thought i would for yourself you know for your vision not because of anything else but because of the love of how big you want your brand to be you know the financials you know it's a great thing but just to be up there with the big boys is that a is that like a, a subconscious thought yeah yeah it is um I, i think i don't think like that what i think about is i want to be towards the top of the sport or or that sport so let's take cricket for example i honestly think we can be the number one shoe brand in cricket you know that's no Absolutely. which is a crazy thought really but i've always had that thought like say for example in golf if i said that that would probably be unrealistic because it's such a big market dominated by the us again it's a huge huge sport so I'm realistic with what I'm saying whereas in cricket it is actually achievable. Um yes with another sport like golf we might not be number 1 but we can certainly start taking market share off these big guys and these few percents in golf are millions and millions of dollars. You know you're talking mega money in 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 a sport like that dominated by the US. Um and and so you've just got to be realistic with your targets. So yes and and if we can do that then we are competing with the big brands like you say so we're doing it in a indirect way but i do it in my own little way in terms of staging and we have got i honestly think we haven't scratched the surface uh, in in that respect and you know like i said we've got fantastic new products coming out in 2024 for cricket and i think that's really going to push us up that um leaderboard again in terms of competing with your adidas and your asics and new balance and it's they're really going to um yeah they're going to be impressed with what this is because it's it's an incredible range of shoes which um 
I'm super, super, super excited to launch. Um, so things can happen quite quickly, you know, and then other things come, you know, once you've got that momentum in something, you'd be surprised that other opportunities come. So all of a sudden, when you have a brand, that's why brands become so valuable because they're so hard to create. You can you can boost your revenue quite quickly by a lot, you know, because you know you had a sport, you could double it overnight. You know, you had an apparel range, you can double it overnight. You can add another sport, you can double it overnight. You know, there's not many businesses you can do that because you've created a brand and, and whatever that deal looks like, whether it's a distribution deal, a license deal, or whatever, then you've obviously created something attractive to somebody to invest in and who wants to take it forward. So that's the that's why a, val, a brand is so valuable, I think, as well.